Take your Bibles and turn them with me to the book of Matthew chapter 5 and verse 4. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 4. You want to uh, review what we did last week. It said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, today our verse is this. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Let's add, let's pray God's blessing upon the preaching of the word this morning heavenly father we pray that you would be with us today help us to hear from your word help us to be changed by your word speak to our hearts lord uh, i pray that somebody somebody here somebody that's watching on facebook somebody today lord will will uh, have you work and move in a powerful way in their life lord i pray that somebody that's in the midst of a season of mourning lord will realize that they're blessed as lord they know comfort is on the way and lord for everything you do we'll be careful to give you praise for us in jesus's name we pray amen remember that we are looking at the beatitudes with an eye towards pentecost when jesus gave the sermon on the mount he was preaching the sermon on the mount to his disciples it said when he sat down there on the mountain that his disciples gathered around him jesus knew what was going to happen not only in his life but the lives of the disciples he knew that those that had followed him would scatter he knew that someday after he rose again he would appear to them and he knew that when he left that later on he would sin or the father would send the precious holy spirit to work in their life last week we talked about the poor in spirit now nobody likes to be poor everybody wants to be rich we, we think we gotta have we gotta have we gotta have we gotta have and in reality we understand that we are rich we understand that we're rich in resources and rich in opportunity and rich in 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 uh 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 time and the other things that that we can do all these different things we're really so rich that we don't really realize that we have a need and that need is for more of jesus that need is for his precious holy spirit and people come and they'll sit in churches and they don't think they need anything at all how in the world are you going to get anything if you don't think you need anything so blessed Happy, joyous are the people who recognize that they have a need. Today, we get to the second one. I think it's a great one. But now, I've always heard people say that that word blessed could also be translated as happy. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then you get to this one, it just didn't seem to fit. Happy are those who mourn. Now that don't make sense, does it, Noah? How are you going to be happy when you're mourning? I mean, mourning means sadness, right? How in the world are you going to be happy when you mourn? When we think about mourning, what do we think about? Death. When I think about mourning, Tricinda, I think about Ham sitting there beside his wife, lost, broken, crying, grieving, sorrow, all those things. I think about my daddy that just buried his 
mother. I think about the times in my life where I have grieved hard over the loss of someone that was precious to me. When I think about mourning, I think about death. But there's a whole lot more to mourning. Looked up the definition on Google. And some of us need to be proud that we uh, graduated high school without the use of Google. But, but I, I, I asked Siri. I looked up on Google. Or actually, I had my wife do it. I was driving down the road. To feel or to express grief or sorrow for. Just that emotion. Grief. From the pit of your stomach hurting, longing. Looked up synonyms. Not M&M's, synonyms. Agonize. Anguish. Hurt. Grief. Sorrow. Suffer. Do these words strike a familiar painful chord in your heart? Have you had something in your life that you have agonized over? Is there something that has went on in your life or is currently going on in your life that brings you anguish? Are there things that have hurt your heart, that have hurt your spirit? Are there things that have made you grieve? Now I can look around this room and I know that there's people that you've lost in your life even within the last couple years or even the last few months that cause us to grieve their loss. But there's so many more things that we grieve. There's so much more that causes us anguish or sorrow or any of those synonyms that we read. Have you agonized over something? Have you had anguish in your life? Have you hurt? I recently shared with a group of pastors sitting around a circle in the Fellowship Hall of Elizabethtown at the Church of the Nazarene there, we had had a Bible study together, and then we gathered in a circle, the pastors from two different missionaries, and we just shared our heart. It was such a beautiful thing. And I was honest with them, and I, I always want to be transparent before you as we preach and, and teach and talk and learn and grow. I had to tell them that there was a time just recently, almost this time last year, to be very honest with you, and in the spring of the year, there were times that I was really struggling. I was grieving. I was grieving a loss. I was grieving a loss of my passion for ministry. I was grieving a loss of my vision for the church I was grieving the loss of, of, of even wondering if I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I know that for some of you to, to see me, to know me, you, you would think, and, and I, I believe that probably even the people there in the church where I was pastoring couldn't see what was going on on the inside, but I was struggling. I 
I was grieving. I was mourning. Because I wasn't who I knew I was called to be and I wasn't who I, I, I wanted to be and my, my walk was just not... I don't know what was going on. What have you lost? What's caused you anguish? Sorrow. What has devastated you? I, I like the word that sometimes people use now. I was wrecked. What's wrecked you? What's grieved you? Now Jesus spoke these words in Matthew with an eye towards Pentecost. Towards the future. He knew that they, they being the disciples, were going to mourn. They were going to grieve. They were going to have anxiety. They were going to be experience anguish. But he also knew what his father had promised. And that they would receive that promise after he returned to heaven. I, I want us to take a little detour I want us to take a little detour between the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 and Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Let's go to the book of John. Now I'm going to read these verses from the King James Version. And the reason I want to read the verses from the King James Version is their translation uses the word comforter where the NIV and the NASB and the NKJV and all the others will use words like advocate. That's a good word. That's Kelly's new job. Her, in her title, she has the job of an advocate. And that, that's somebody that, that's going to help you. As a matter of fact, in, in Scripture, some of it is translated, this same word, as helper. Isn't that great? Don't you like to have a helper? I got tickled to death watching Evan this week, posted on Facebook, him unloading that truck. You know, I was getting some two-by-fours or something out of the truck to work on a deer blind, I think. But as he got them out of the truck, he'd pull them out a little ways, and little Oakley would grab the other end. He'd get the next one, and get the next one. Then somehow Evan got a handshake, a fist bump, a high five, and a kiss on the cheek. Sound pretty good to me. It's always good to have a helper. And I like all those words, but I really like that word comforter. So let's read together. Now, now you know that Jesus understood where the disciples were at. The disciples were struggling. The disciples were hurting. The disciples knew they had listened to Jesus talk about being crucified. They had listened to him talking about dying. They had listened to him talking about going away. And they were going to be left. What are they going to do now? They had followed for three years. They had listened. They had learned. They had served. They had been able to be a part. Then all of a sudden, Jesus was going to leave. And they were wrecked. 
They were broken. They were hurting. They were anxious. They, they, they had this deep sorrow in their heart because Jesus was going to leave. And Jesus, in this thing, Jesus goes to them in John chapter 14 and says, Let not your heart be troubled. You mourn it. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself that where I am, there you may be also. Hold on. Some of you are mourning. Some of you are grieving. Some of you are going through anxiousness. Some of you are going through sorrow and hardship and all those things. Jesus comes to you and says, hold on. Don't let that heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I'm going to heaven to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back to receive you to myself. He said, don't you worry, because we're going to be together again someday. I believe that with all of my heart. But then he goes on and he gives them these other words of comfort. And I want you guys to know that there's comfort to be had someday in heaven. But Jesus had even better news. We read down in verse 16. These are words written in red. No, what does that mean? Jesus said them. So if you can count on anybody's words, you can count on Jesus' words, right? It says, and I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter. Mm. That he may abide with you forever. It doesn't say that I'm going to give you a comforter that he'll be there to help you every once in a while. He may or may show up in your time of need. He might help you through this problem, but that big problem, I don't know. It doesn't say that. It says that the Comforter will be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you. And listen to this. And shall be in you. In you. Folks, isn't that what we need? Isn't that who we need? We're seeking comfort in all the wrong places. We need to be looking for the comforter. It's him we need. Down in verse 26, it said, but the comforter. Just to be clear, it says this, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. He said the Holy Spirit will teach you all. I, man, I, don't you think that Jesus got tired of the disciples not getting it? Poor old Peter, remember him? You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're the rock upon which I'm going to build my church. And within five verses, he said, get behind me, Satan. Poor old dude went from a building stone to a stumbling stone in five verses. Oh, you a little faith. Why did you doubt? But Jesus says, the comforter is going to come. 
He's going to be in you. And he'll teach you all things. And you may not have got it when Jesus said it the first time, but the Holy Spirit's going to be living in you, teaching you, instructing you, guiding you, counseling you, comforting you. Doesn't that sound good? What a promise! Verse 26 of chapter 15. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And you also shall bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Comforter's going to come. He's going to fill your heart. Then you'll bear witness. What's that sound like? But you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you, Holy Spirit comes on you. Then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and all of Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. You'll be witnesses, not even because you want to. You won't be able to help yourself because the Holy Spirit of God himself, the Comforter, will live inside your heart and will act through you to impact your world for him. And that's good stuff. Down to chapter 16. But because I have said, this is verse 6, because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Your translation may say you have grieved in your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient or better for you that I go away. Can you imagine that? If you had walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, ate with Jesus, lived with Jesus, Got to experience everything we watch on The Chosen. You, you get to experience that firsthand. Been at that wedding, dancing with Jesus. Oh, no, Nazarenes used to dance. I don't know if they do now or not. Listen. And yet Jesus says, it's better for you that I go away. How could it be better that Jesus goes away? They had to be like, what? Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's better for you, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Go back to Acts. I quoted this verse last week. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. Don't go back to Galilee. I'm putting this part in. But what he was saying, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't go back to Galilee. Don't go back to the fishing boats. Don't go back to the tax collector's booth. Don't go back to the old way of, of life. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Now today, folks, if we, as we have looked at this scripture and we're examining the Beatitudes with an eye towards Pentecost, when Jesus said, wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, we just read those promises. 
It wasn't a promise of something. It was a promise of someone. It was the promise of the comforter. It was the promise of the Holy Spirit that would come and literally set your life on fire. Get a hold of your heart. Make you a completely different person. Don't believe that. Look at where the disciples were before they went in the upper room and look at what they were when the day of Pentecost came. See, they went in a group of wrecked, broken, sorrowful, hurting, failures, came out filled with the Holy Spirit going. Now some of you right now, I know, I know some of your story. I can see it in some of your faces. You think you're pretty good at hiding it, but you're not. The Holy Spirit has a way of revealing that there's stuff that's going on in your life. And, and you, you try to keep it from Anybody, you know, you sure don't want the preacher knowing about it. But I know there's heartache. There's brokenness. There's sorrow. There's anguish. There's some of you right now that are mourning. Not necessarily the loss of, of a person, but you're mourning a loss of something. Maybe you've lost your passion for serving God. Maybe you just find yourself going through the routine and you remember what it was like. You remember what it was like when you were first saved? Think about it. Larry, you remember that? I, I've often said you felt like you could attack hell with a squirt gun, right? Come on, bring it. But now, now we just kind of go through the motions and put on our Sunday clothes and go to church. Have you lost something? Are you mourning? Are you hurting? Church, I'm here to boldly proclaim to you that blessed are those that mourn. For they can be and will be comforted. Comforted by what? Comforted by who? Who else in the world would we be comforted by except by the comforter? We sing, the comforter has come, the comforter has come, the Holy One of Heaven, the Father's promised gift. Oh, spread the tidings round, wherever man is found. The comforter has come. Don't you think if the comforter came to your life and the Holy Spirit came upon your life and all that hurt and mourning and anguish and sorrow just turned into peace. I, I, I want to go back real quick. I forgot to say this. Back there in 1426, we, we read that. I don't even know where my Bible went to, but that's all right. Oh, there it is. 
Let's go to John 14, 26. But the, here it says the counselor, but the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. So the comforter is going to come. He's going to remind us of the things that we've been taught. But then the very next verse says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I, do I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Hear that again. Neither let them be afraid. So Jesus, in that verse, he was talking about the comforter and the comforter coming. And when the comforter comes, guess what? There's peace. I don't give you peace like the world gives you peace. It ain't in a pill, it's not in a bottle, it's not in a relationship, it's not in a certain amount of money in the bank. Peace is only going to come by knowing the Prince of Peace who is Jesus and His Holy Spirit living in you, giving a peace that you cannot have in any other way. Blessed are those that mourn for they will be comforted. comforted. And when they're comforted, they're comforted by the Comforter and He's going to comfort you with a peace that you can't find anywhere else. I am too, buddy. Meet me down here. We'll pray for it. All right. No, you're all right, dude. Casey, you're perfectly fine, buddy. Because really, every one of us needs to ask that question. How do we get it? You just go, you're going to listen to the preacher talk about it? You know, you just go let, let, listen to the preacher. Oh, that's good, preacher. Amen. Casey, that's smart, dude. You may be the smartest person in here. You all right? Listen to me, Casey. Listen to me. I love you, dude. And as much as I love you, God loves you even more. And I don't care how, I mean, I know. Man, I know that that mourning can be deep. I know that that sorrow can be deep. And the devil will make you, make you think that it's a lot so deep that you can't crawl out of it. And all we really want is comfort. All we really want is to feel better. We want some peace in the midst of all this. And we can't find peace in the midst of any of it until we get a hold of Him. Blessed are those who mourn. It's okay. Listen to me, it's okay. Are you in a bad spot? It's okay. Are you in a bad position? It's okay. Have you been hurting? It's okay. Have you been in anguish? It's okay. Have you been sorrowful? It's okay. Is your life wrecked? It's okay. Because blessed are those that mourn, for they will be comforted. I can testify to you guys. This old preacher... That was morning. So much joy because of the Holy Spirit and what He's doing in my life. So, what's the answer, Casey? The answer is to seek Him. If, can I tell you that those men and women that went there to the upper room to get the thing that they were promised, they didn't have a clue what they were praying for? 
They didn't, they didn't have, it would have scared them to death. They didn't understand. Well, how, all they knew, Jesus said to wait for it. Don't leave, don't give up, don't quit. There's hope, keep praying. And they were all praying. Can you see it? They's all praying. Lord, I got to have it. Lord, I got to have, I got to have you, whatever is promised. I don't understand it, but, but, Lord, Lord, I know that it, and then the Lord began to deal with them with stuff, and they begin to pray together. You know what? When you begin to pray together and seek God together, God begins to work and God begins to move. And God does something, and you don't really even understand it. All you know is you're no longer mourning. You've been comforted. And I think God's speaking to us, folks. I'm so excited about what he's saying. you've been mourning you've been in anguish would you just seek whatever it is that God has for you now we can try to have some long theological discussions about the Holy Spirit and sanctification you know, all I know is Jesus said we needed something or needed someone and folks I've been made keenly aware that I desperately need 